Brick Moon Fiction presents Sprite Song by Kevin R. O'Hara Narrated by Nicholas Thurkettle The oak tree sat majestically at the end of Juniper Lane. It was the largest tree in the neighborhood, not just in height, but also in total size, for it had dozens of branches thick enough to be trunks by their own right, arching off at all angles from the enormous, knot-riddled base. The old tree had seen several hundred winters, predating the state of New York itself. In the past, it had been a mere sapling in a forest of giant oaks, each just as magnificent and unique. However, as former Europeans began to move upstate, many of the old groves were replaced with neighborhood after neighborhood, and while there were still other older trees on Juniper Lane, this was the last of the mighty oaks. It survived only because it was on the edge of public land, a gentle embankment that led down to the Erie Canal. The tree had many inhabitants, including an ever-changing variety of birds, a squirrel family, several colonies of bugs, and three very peculiar residents, not commonly seen in these parts of the world. In fact, they were generally not seen by people in the neighborhood itself, as the fairies were very secretive about their home. Most of the birds didn't even know they lived there. The eldest fairy was nearly as old as the oak itself and went by the name Kaol, but within this tree he was only referred to as Shanaher, the Gaelic word for grandfather. He was round and short, even for the fae, and had skin the color and texture of tree bark. His hands and feet were tiny, his red beard was long, and one of his wings was tattered and withered while the other was missing altogether. Whenever Kaol spoke, it was with a high-pitched Irish brogue. His grown daughter's name was Magnolia, though in spite of her insistence to the contrary, he would always call her Maggie. She was much taller than him, thin as a stick, and had a mop of wild hair which pointed in every direction. Her skin also resembled that of bark which allowed her to blend in with oak and avoid detection very effectively. Her voice was much lower than her father's and retained a less pronounced dialect from Western Ireland. The third fairy was Magnolia's daughter, though she didn't resemble her mother very much. She had short reddish hair, which helped showcase her long, pointed ears. Her body had more curves than her mother's, giving her an almost human appearance, if not for her gossamer wings. Her skin was extremely pale, and also resembled that of some humans instead of what was typical for wood sprites. Her voice had only a trace of Irish influence and was crisp and sweet like raspberry sorbet. Her name was Dandelion though she preferred to go by Dandy. Kale, Magnolia, and Dandy had lived in this tree for all of Dandy's life, roughly sixteen years. Magnolia had also lived most of her life in the tree, having moved with Kale from the old country when she was younger than Dandy's current age. She had few memories from her childhood in Ireland, and none that she was particularly fond of remembering. A great famine had struck the human land, and many, especially those in the church, thought the fairies were somehow to blame. Their tiny forest village was burned, and she didn't know how many of her kin survived, as her father had quickly stowed away with her on a giant sailing ship headed to America. They followed a family of immigrants up this canal to a little port town, where they found a tribe of pixies in the oak trees. Later, when humans pulled down the other oaks and built their houses much too close to the tree, the pixies fled, but Kale was determined not to have to move again to accommodate humans. Magnolia would spend many nights telling her young daughter of the dangers of humans. Avoid them at all costs, Dandy girl, Magnolia would warn. No human has done any good for us. 
There be plenty of space to roam and frolic down by the waters and in the orchards on the far side. But keep your wings away from those houses, if you want to keep them at all, that is, and if you don't believe me, just ask your Shanahar. Dandy would always politely nod, and with her sweetest voice respond, Of course, Ma, I wouldn't think of it. It was a warm April morning, dew still sticking on the grass blades, when Dandy snuck over to the house closest to the old oak tree. This was far from her first foray here, as she loved exploration and learning new things about the world around her, especially the human world. She carefully watched the humans get in their vehicle and drive away with their large yellow dog and young child before she met up with her pet and best, if not only, friend, a squirrel named Zevers, and headed up to the open second-story window. Come on, Zevers. They won't be back until late afternoon. So kind of them to leave a window open for us, don't you think? She gave the squirrel a quick scratch behind his ears and fluttered up and into the house. The window was only open a few inches, easy for her to slip through, but Zevers had to scramble and squeeze to get in the house. The room belonged to the young girl, as evident by the unicorns decorating the curtains, bedsheets, pillowcases, and the dresser in the form of hundreds of stickers. The floor was littered with toys, coloring books, and crayons. The corner had an elaborate display of fashion dolls complete with a boat, an RV, a sports car, and a three-story pink mansion where every room was fully furnished. A few superhero and alien dolls were mixed in, as well as an articulate dragon with just the armored legs of a knight gripped in its mouth. Dandy knew that the dragon wasn't the villain here, as she had seen the family dog chewing on the upper half of the knight in the backyard a few days earlier. Dandelion squealed when she found the prize she was scanning for, a touchscreen tablet in a pink protective case. Zevers hopped up on the bed and pawed around the stuffed animals, not thinking they were real, but instead determining their potential value as nest stuffing. Dandy used all her might to drag the tablet over to the dollhouse and propped it up in front of the small living room. She turned it on and quickly opened several apps, a music creator that synthesized various instruments, the camera, and the light which filled the house evenly with illumination. Yes, my composition is still saved, Dandy said to the squirrel. Good thing the girl only seems to use this thing to watch cartoons. Well, maybe a little sad. There's so much you can do on this. She spent a few minutes listening to her piece of music that involved a piano, drums, guitar, and flutes. She made a few adjustments, and then, satisfied, she put it on loop, checked the camera's view, and flew over to the drawer of dolls. After a few minutes of contemplation, she chose an outfit and stripped the blonde doll out of it and put it on herself. It was a strapless purple dress with several layers of ruffles in the gown, and it was a perfect fit. Zevers lost interest in the stuffed animals and joined her in the dollhouse living room. No, Zevers, you don't really fit in here. And what will the humans think if they see a giant squirrel in my music video? Dandy pushed the squirrel out as he chattered angrily at her. She gave him a quick, tight hug and a final shove. He scrambled up to the roof of the dollhouse and settled down. Dandy looked around at her surroundings again, and then took a deep breath and faced the camera. She tapped her foot as she waited for the music to loop back to the beginning. I've been flying in between... Wait! She smacked herself on the head, then flew back to the tablet and reset the music, and this time made certain that she tapped the record button on the video camera app. She zoomed back and took another deep breath. 
and smiled broadly as she sang. I've been flying in between, hitting walls that can't be seen, circling the cage of my scream, no volume, in a tomb, in a tomb. A black-backed bird flies outside, I'm spying on his carefree glide, flies so high he doesn't try to hide, I won't be trapped inside, this small room. I will bloom, I will bloom. My inner song will conceive a flower from this broken seed, one that'll bloom and be then freed with volume. I will bloom, I will bloom. The song went on for a few more minutes, during which she danced and twirled to the beat, melodiously singing more lyrics. She dove fully into the music, completely natural in her performance. When it was done, she floated with a final graceful twirl. Afterwards, she watched it back made a few edits with another app, and then opened a popular video streaming service, put in a password, and uploaded the video. Pleased with herself, she said, We finally did it, Zevers. A couple of months learning all this technology and setting things up, a few minutes of singing, and now it is out there. Let's go before Mom wonders where we've been. She flew up to the window and started to slide through when she felt the squirrel's teeth gently tugging on her wing. What is it? she asked and then her eyes went wide as she looked down at her outfit. Whoops, almost forgot to take this off. That would have gotten us totally busted. Thanks, buddy. Back at the tree, Dandy tapped on the false knot that faced the canal, and a small doorway opened from within. Inside was a large, hollowed-out area which formed the living room for the fairy family. Small furniture made from whittled wood, stones, and mushrooms filled the space. The walls were completely decorated with intricate, inlaid Celtic knotwork. "'You're busted, wee sprite,' scolded Magnolia, causing Dandy to jump several inches in the air, bumping her head on the ceiling of the trunk. "'Ma, I thought you were out picking berries or something,' squeaked Dandy. "'Why is it you always think I've got nothing better to be doing with myself than picking berries?' Magnolia asked, and then stated, "'I've got other hobbies.' "'Well, what were you doing after you left this morning?' Dandy asked, rubbing her head where it had impacted the ceiling. "'I was picking berries, but that's beside the point, and you're not going to change the subject. How many times have I told you?' she said as Dandy's heart started to race, and then she finished emphatically. "'No squirrels in the house!' "'Oh, that,' Dandy said with a slight sigh of relief. "'Zevers never makes a mess. I just don't know why he can't—' Because squirrels attract dogs, Magnolia interrupted, and dogs attract people. That's the last thing we need is a dog sniffing up our home. Dandy gave a look to Zevers and apologetically nodded at him to leave. The squirrel chattered at Magnolia until she chased him around the room and out the knot door with a twig that resembled a broom. Dandy slumped down in a wooden chair with a leaf backing and waited for her mother to return. She smiled sweetly and was about to ask for a berry, but her mother spoke first. And don't think that I don't know about you buzzing around the human's house. I saw you heading back from there. Do we need to have another talk about your boundaries? I'm just sick of being stuck in this tree with no friends, Dandelion exploded. Well, one friend who you chase out. I just don't understand what's so bad about humans. Quiet yourself, said Magnolia in a strict voice. Do you want to upset your Shanahar? Why, if he heard you talking about being all friendly with the humans, with all that he's been through, you know what happened to his village in the old country. You know he would still have both wings if not for those monsters. 
and you'll not be the cause of any more of his pain. You are to have nothing to do with any humans. You're one to talk, Dandy responded, voice still high and charged with anger. That perfume you like wearing is made by humans. It doesn't even smell like real jasmine. It's so fake, just like you. Magnolia's wings went down to her sides as her eyes squinted nearly shut. If you don't like living here, you can move to the wetlands to be with your father and his side of the family. Or did you forget that they all moved away when the humans took down their tree? This struck a chord in Dandelion, and she dolefully slunk off to the tunnel that led up to her bedroom. The young fairy had other chords in her, however, and two days later she again found her way into the little girl's bedroom, preparing to record another song about her frustrations with being confined and alone. Before setting up, she checked on her first song and was shocked to find that it had generated over 10,000 views and several hundred subscribers. Zevers, look at this, she exclaimed. I'm famous. Internet famous. People love my song. The squirrel was busy searching through the bed for the several large cracker crumbs surrounding an open book, apparently left by the messy human daughter. Dandy soon forgot about her intended plan as she became engrossed with reading all of the comments. A vast majority of them were positive, as the song apparently resonated with a lot of the people who felt trapped and wanted to metaphorically spread their wings. A few complained that her lyrics were amateur or that her wings were over the top, but most heaped praise on her melodious voice. After a long while, Zevers started chattering at her, interrupting her concentration. What is it? And then she heard the car doors. Whoops, time to go. I'll have to come back next week to record my new song. Let me just close all these apps first. Okay, let's go. That night, Dandy, Magnolia, and Kale sat around a large riverstone table in the carved-out room in the tree, eating a dinner of fresh blackberries and champignon mushrooms. Each had an individual cell of a honeycomb for dessert. A beam of moonlight lit the entire space from a crack in the ceiling. The walls of the dining room were decorated with various mosses and a colorful wash of blueberry stains. What did you be doing on this fine day, little dandy? Kale said when he noticed his granddaughter smiling to herself and bobbing her head from side to side. What? Oh, music. I wrote some songs down by the water, she answered earnestly. You'll have to be putting on a calic for us some night, you will. No greater waste than good music that goes unheard, Kale said with a mouth half full of blackberry, spurting purple juice to one side. Oh, I wouldn't worry about that. Dandy giggled to herself. Her mother gave her a suspicious look. Dandy took a gulp of honey and then added, The birds and squirrels have heard plenty of my singing. But for you, Shanaher, I'd be happy to put on a personal concert. That is, if you bring your fiddle and Mom brings her grass flute. Tis a fair bargain, wee one, Kale chuckled and clapped her on the back gently. And I'll be bringing me whiskey. For me, of course. You and your mother get your own libations. Maybe we could nick some chocolate milk from the humans? Dandy smiled greedily. Dandelion, Magnolia reacted. We'll do no such thing. We stay away from the humans. I was only kidding, Dandy said. Of course you were, Kale said with a slightly less jovial voice. You're no thieving pixie. That's not a nice thing to say, Magnolia glared at him. What? She's more sprite than pixie. I'm only speaking the truth. Pixies are notorious cheats. 
Kale said defensively. Dandy joined forces with her mother. You can't be saying those things, Shanaher. It's racist. No, it isn't, Kale doubled down. Everybody knows wood sprites are just fun-loving and mischievous, while pixies are sleevings and hooligans. It's not my fault your mother went and married one, and look what happened. Dandy was mortified by his words. I mean with them up and leaving your mother and you, he clarified. Humans happened, Magnolia said coldly. My husband left here because of what humans did to his tree and his people. Dandy's right. Pixies and sprites are more alike than you think. It's the humans that are the problem. You of all fairies ought to know that. Kale stood up angrily. He opened his mouth as if to speak, glared at them both, then turned on his heels and exited the tree. Dandy sat uncomfortably while Magnolia began to busy herself with cleaning off the stone table. Does he think I'm half bad because of who my father is? Dandy asked in a tiny voice. No, and don't mind him, Magnolia said. I should know better than to mention humans around him. It sets him off because he's so sensitive. When he's calmed down, I'll have a talk to him about thinking before he speaks. You're part pixie and I love you fully, and he does too. Don't worry about it, just focus on writing your music. We are both looking forward to hearing it. Over the next few weeks, Dandelion did continue to work on her music. Near daily, she would wait for the human family to leave and then sneak into the little girl's room. Every time she checked her streaming channel, her fanbase exponentially expanded and her videos were shared millions more times. This energized her to compose and record more songs, to start communicating with her followers, and to take bigger risks, even sneaking in the house when the family was at home eating dinner. She was careful to avoid being seen by her own mother, but her exuberant attitude with no apparent explanation was enough to raise Magnolia's suspicions. Worse, the dog started to pick up her scent and would go into barking fits at random times, causing the family to look outside the window. Dandy felt she was probably successful in hiding before they spotted her, but she couldn't be certain. That didn't deter her, however, not when the positive comments and likes continued to pour in and she started to feel a prideful obligation to meet their demand for more content. The fame was intoxicating but well-earned, for she truly had a talent with not just music, but performance and relatability, even though none of her audience, to her knowledge, were fairies. She learned that her feeling an outsider to normal humans and even to her own kind is precisely what her audience associated with. Plus, it didn't hurt that fairies have a supernatural advantage over regular humans, when it comes to vocal range and charisma, which is often referred to as the glamour. Her rise to superstardom online saw no sign of stopping until one particular day, a day with an unknown to her human holiday. She forgot to check the driveway, assuming that the car had left as was usual for a weekday. She also forgot to wait until her mother had gone berry-picking, as was usual for that time of morning. The window of the girl's room was open, but only a crack this time, just enough for her to squeeze in with some effort, but not enough for Zevers to follow her. He chattered at her from outside before settling on a nearby branch to watch. Upon entering the room, she felt something was off, and for the first time that day took stock of her surroundings. There were two things out of the ordinary that she immediately noticed. The first was a small camera, tucked away on a top shelf pointing down at the bed and dollhouse, 
She had seen advertisements for these types of cameras while watching music videos. They were called nanny cams and had only one purpose, to spy on people. She assured herself that it hadn't been there before and that it couldn't see her now from the angle it was set. She wondered for a moment if it was just the parents wanting to keep an eye on their young girl. But that notion was dispelled when she saw the second thing that was notably different. A heavy laundry basket was upside down on the floor, with one side propped up several inches by some sort of wooden stick with numbers on it. A string was attached from the stick to a plate underneath the basket, on which sat a delicious-looking sugar cookie with sprinkles. Her eyes grew big and her stomach grumbled greedily. But then she shook her head and turned back to the shelf with the camera. Nice try, she whispered. Silently, she flew up the wall, taking great care not to be seen by the camera. Once she was on the shelf, she nudged a stuffed unicorn over a few inches to completely block the lens. Happy with herself, she soared back to the dollhouse and started up the tablet. She gave a quick glance to the cookie, shook her head again, and got to work. Immediately, she was engrossed in reading new comments about her latest video. One in particular caught her eye. It was from a music agent who represented a popular artist she recognized and admired. The agent pleaded for her to return his emails. This was it. This was the next big step in fame. This was the coveted prize. This was the real cookie with sprinkles. She glanced up and noticed her mother standing on the inside of the windowsill, hands on her hips. Dandy expected her to look like she was about to yell, but instead Magnolia's face was turned to the side and seemingly transfixed. Dandy followed her gaze down to the laundry basket. It took less than a moment for Magnolia's eyes to widen, a smile to form on her face, and for her to swoop down to the plate and avidly snatch up the cookie. Before Dandy could shout a warning, the wooden stick fell forward and the laundry basket dropped down on Magnolia, trapping her. Mom! Dandy called as she hurried over, but her mom didn't seem to hear or see anything not until she had taken several large bites of the cookie, filling her fairy stomach in seconds. In fact, no sound seemed to rouse Magnolia from her bliss. That is, until barks could be heard echoing up the staircase, followed by the scrambling sounds of paws. Oh no, Dandy said. She scrambled to try and lift the basket. With tremendous effort, she heaved and pushed, but it was no use. The laundry basket would not budge. Dandy, the dog! Magnolia cried out. Dandy flew with all her might across the room and against the bedroom door, causing it to slam closed. She was a second too late, however. The large Labrador retriever slammed against the other side at the same time with a force that caused the door to fly open again, sending the small fairy hurling against the window. Zever's head shot up from his napping on the nearby branch, just in time to see his friend sliding down the window like a drop of water. No, Dandy! Get out of here! Save yourself! Magnolia shouted. The dog immediately honed in on the laundry basket and dropped its front paws. It barked loudly, mixing in a few growls for good measure. Dandy looked helplessly at her mother. Just go! Magnolia pleaded. The dog circled to the other side of the basket to get a better view of the prisoner. He wagged his tail as he began pawing at it, his barks growing even louder. Dandy grabbed an eraser off the desk next to the window and hurled it at the dog's head. It was a square hit, but the dog took no notice of it. Between barks, she could make out a new sound, that of several human feet stomping up the stairs. 
she gave one last look to her mother and then flew to the narrow opening in the window. With all of her might, she strained to lift the window, but it wouldn't move. The dog's eyes narrowed on Magnolia, and it nudged at the basket with its head, forcefully enough that she was knocked down onto the plate. With a slightly stronger hit, the dog could easily overturn the basket and pounce on the exposed fairy. The humans reached the door, which had rebounded partially closed. Dandy cried as she desperately pulled with every ounce of her strength. The window budged up just a fraction. The opening was now big enough for a small animal to get through. Severs, Dandy called. One second later, the squirrel had launched himself from the branch, landed like a spring through the window space, and dove into the room. The dog, a long-time adversary of this squirrel, instantly forgot about Magnolia and instinctively rounded to chase Zevers. His wagging tail knocked the laundry basket over as it turned in circles trying to lunge at the squirrel. The room was in instant chaos as the humans entered the room. They looked to see the dollhouse crashing apart, the desk getting upended, crayons flying everywhere, the dog tearing through a mountain of stuffed animals, and a squirrel doing acrobatics, jumping from shelf to bed to shelf. The little girl started to scream. Destruction was everywhere. What they didn't notice was two fairies hopping out the window into the sunny afternoon. The humans screamed and tried to grab hold of the dog in order to prevent further damage, while the squirrel also made a hasty exit from the room to the nearest branch, chattering victoriously. Back at the mighty oak, Magnolia ushered Dandelion in through the knothole door and slammed it shut. Dandelion Vanilla Osich, what the devil were you doing over there? Magnolia shouted. I'm sorry, Dandy responded, but humans aren't as bad as you and Shanahar think. I figured out how to use their technology and I've been making music and they love it. They love me. And not just a couple of them, but millions. I can share my voice with millions of humans. Millions? That's ridiculous. You're telling me that millions of humans now know we fairies exist. Is that what you've done? Magnolia was too upset to even look at her daughter. No, they don't think fairies exist. Well, most of them don't. They think it's fake. They all use makeup and filters and special effects. They just think I'm a kid who can sing songs that they identify with. Apparently a lot of people have felt trapped and lonely and my music helps them. But they don't know about us for reals or where we live. Magnolia turned to stare down the teenage fairy. Why else would they put out a trap made for fairies? They know. Do they now? said Kaol with a glum expression on his face. This startled the other two, as they had not noticed him when they came in. They then just watched him dumbly, holding their breath in anticipation of what he would say. He thought for a moment, and then, with a disapproving glare, walked outside. They looked at each other as the door closed soundly behind him. I told you what would happen if he found out, Magnolia scowled. Is that the way he always handles all bad news, runs off? Dandy asked angrily and then added with concern. Should we go after him? There isn't time, Magnolia responded. We need to pack up whatever we can carry and flee. What? Why? Dandy asked with shock in her voice. It won't take these humans long to figure out where we live and then it'll be all over. That's why your Shanahar is so mad, Magnolia said as she started to buzz around the room, taking stock of the place. Confused and anxious, Dandy followed her. 
No, they won't hurt us. The little girl loves fairies and unicorns. The older ones don't seem so... Let me stop you right there. Are you forgetting that when you were little, just barely able to fly, what the humans did to your father's tree? It used to be right over there across the road where that yellow house is. But that was a long time... Dandy started, but was cut off again. The humans cut down your father's tree. They chopped it up into pieces, and they put a sign in front of it to warn others. Do you want to know what it said? Magnolia towered in front of her daughter, fire in her eyes. Dandy quietly shook her head. It read, Free Firewood. Magnolia let that sink in, and when she was certain the words landed, she turned back to sorting things in the room. I thought you couldn't read human language, Dandy said, nearly under her breath. Pfah! I didn't say I couldn't. I said I choose not to, and for good reason, as you can clearly see. Now help me grab the essentials that we can carry. We'll be going to the wetlands, at least at first. Somberly, Dandy did as her mother told. They spent about twenty minutes piling up items that they felt were vital. Clothes, mementos, sparkly ornaments. Magnolia had a rather large collection of human jewelry colored glass beads, and bottle caps, and she had a difficult time picking out a few of her favorites to bring. When they were just about finished, the door opened, causing both of them to jump in panic. Kale stood in the doorway. He glanced around at the piles and then raised his eyebrows at his daughter and granddaughter. I've spoken with the father of the human family, he said. You what? Magnolia said with wide eyes, dropping a shiny marble from her hands. Oh, calm yourself, Maggie. I've known him for years. How else do you think I get me whiskey? It's the only magic humans are any good at. But you hate humans, she responded slowly. No, Maggie, I don't. There are some humans I'm not so very fond of. Those that chased us out of the old land. But before then, I knew some good humans. Would play fiddle with them, drink till the wee hours I would. It's you who fear humans. All you ever knew of them was what they did to your mother and to my wings. As a child, there was no telling you good humans existed. Since it was safer, I just avoided the topic altogether. What did you say to the human father, Shanaher? Dandy asked. I told him I was a leprechaun, and he had finally found my pot of gold. It seems your music has an awful lot of fans, Dandy girl and those fans see something called advertisements. Since he owns the device, he's getting buckets of money delivered to him each week. Confused the heck out of him until he eventually watched the videos. So I tells him that he can keep the money, all of it. I tells him there are just three rules to this here fortune-filled bargain. First, he doesn't tell anybody outside his family about us. Second, he sets up a space in his shed for you to continue doing your singing and has that daughter of his learn to help you out. Doing so will just generate him more of the money and it's high time you had a non-squirrel friend. Finally, third, when the fame goes dry, and it will some day, Dandelion, he'll be happy with what he got for nothing and honor the first rule about not telling anyone about us and make sure our tree gets protected from here on out. Oh, and I asked him to throw in some regular deliveries of whiskey and sugar cookies. The three of them stood in silence for a few moments. Kale just watched them as they absorbed what he had just said. So I can keep doing my music? Dandy asked in disbelief. And you'll be needing to spend one day out of your week clearing weeds and pests from their garden. 
he added sternly. That was part of the deal? she questioned. No, no, that wasn't part of the bargain. That's your punishment for lying to your mother and sneaking around like a pixie. That's fair, she said. But Shanaher, I am half pixie, and judging by what you just told me about you tricking that human into thinking you're a leprechaun, I'm pretty sure it's my sprite side that caused all the trouble. So stop saying bad things about pixies all the time. Well, whatever you are, you cause trouble and you'll be pulling weeds for it. But more importantly, it's high time you let your mother and I listen to your music. What say you to that, Maggie? Oh, she'll be pulling more than weeds for punishment. But yes, I would love to hear her music too, Magnolia said as relief washed over her. And, Kaol, if I am to learn to trust humans, then double goes for you when it comes to accepting pixies. Dandy hugged her mother and grandfather, and she immediately started to come up with ideas for new songs, ones that were not about isolation and loneliness, but of love and acceptance, and of heroic squirrels, for some reason. Kevin R. O'Hara enjoys employment as a creative director in the video game industry. He originally hails from Spencerport, New York, but promptly moved to the West Coast after graduating from Ithaca College's film school. He has worked various roles in the film and video game industry over the years, most of which involved creative writing and game design. He currently resides near Seattle, Washington, with his lovely wife, awe-inspiring daughter, and energetic Keyshond. Find him on Twitter at JoltedKev. This has been a production of the Brick Moon Fiction Podcast. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts as it helps us find a bigger audience. For more information on Brick Moon and special offers, sign up for the Brick Moon Fiction newsletter at brickmoonfiction.com. Thank you for listening.